what's up you guys it's your girl talicia and you are listening to unapologetically unplugged what's up you guys it's your girl talicia and we're back with another episode so i just wanted to say that i did miss one week and i apologize i apologize but um i finished my semester clap it up for that yeah and your girl got straight A's. I'm super, super, super proud of myself. All glory be to God. He is faithful. And I'm just, uh, I'm honored and elated to be done with my first semester and moving on to the next semester um, at the top of January. So I got a little break and I'm ready to give y'all content and what I have been getting and writing down. So super excited. I just want to let you all know that I did post my very first official visual of Unapologetically Unplugged. It is on YouTube. I will link it in the description. Go watch it, subscribe, share with a friend, tell a friend. And I got the newest, the second newest episode coming to you all. And it is a feature with a soon to be famous artist so (laughs) super excited for y'all to hear that so make sure you tune in and subscribe turn those post notifications on and yeah let's get back into this episode so y'all by the title i'm pretty sure y'all like what she about to talk about but baby let's just get into it and say what needs to be said stop using god as a band-aid Stop using mess band-aid. And I'm <laughs> he gave me this when I literally went back and started reading what I had written down in my journal a while ago. Like maybe not too long ago. Let me let me go back to the page that it was on. It wasn't too long ago, but maybe like a few months ago. And I'm like, mm, that is really, really good. Stop using God as a band-aid. Stop using other things as band-aids to try to doctor up your relationship with God. Being weed, pills, alcohol, all of this is false hope that is not is not God. It's not going to help you. You're literally going to have the problem that you had after the high comes down, boo. After the drunkness goes away, boo. After the pill high is is down, you're still going to have the same problem. So stop using other things as band-aids to doctor up your relationship with God. Stop using God as a band-aid to come running to and say, oh, fix my mess. When you should just be living according to his principalities and his word in the first place you have to actually attempt to try and live right first don't just come to god and say oh just coming to god when you have an issue that is insane does he pick and choose when to wake you up every morning no so to come to him only when you're in need of something is using him as a band-aid and i just it literally, I read that in my <laughs> in my notes, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like, people will really use God as a band-aid. And is that not disrespectful to your father? Don't use God as a band-aid. And I also heard 
had this written down as well. Stop apologizing or why would you? Let's pose the question. Why would you apologize for sin you're going to continue to do? God, I'm sorry that I'm smoking. God, I'm sorry that I'm drinking. God, I'm sorry that I popped this pill. God, I'm sorry that I cussed this person out. But then 2.5 seconds later, something happens in your life and you running back to that weed. You running back to that bottle. You running back to that pill bottle. You running back to, or, or not running back to, but you're arguing with your neighbor or you're arguing, arguing with a friend or you're arguing with a colleague or you're arguing with your spouse. Stop. Stop. Why even apologize for the thing you're going to continue to do? The Bible says be slow to anger. <laughs> but you're quick to, to do it. And you keep, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Like, I wonder if God ever gets tired of us coming to him and saying, I'm sorry. And then proceeding to do what we just said we weren't going to do again. It's, it's playing in his face. And I know we may play with ourselves like that, but why play with God like that? Don't even do it. He knows all. He sees all. Don't come to him saying, I apologize for something you know without a doubt in your mind you're going to do again. Insane. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. That's insane. Don't come to him if you don't have the intentionality of I genuinely want to live right. I'm actively trying to live right. Like I said earlier, you can't come to God and tell him, patch me up, band-aid me up, fix me up. And you not even attempting to live right. You, God is not your get out of jail free card. That's not your wild card to just use on a bingo sheet to be able to get your five, five across or your five diagonally. God is not your band-aid, but God is your source, your principalities, your lifeline, and your guide. In a sense, he gave us the word and said, live by this, do these things, and that will get you to the ultimate end of, well done, my good and faithful servant. So why do we come to God playing when I just feel like he's just going to turn you around and say, well, go read my word, go dig in my word, go seek what you're looking for in my word and anything that you're looking for. I guarantee you it's been written in the book that I gave you to ensure that you would inherit the kingdom. We have to actively try to do what God wants us to do. And then it dawned on me. A lot of people have commitment issues. And so, of course, I'm going to tap into the word and let y'all know exactly where God led me to. But before we get there, God said, if you can't commit to commit to the simple things, simple things like not eating out every single day, simple things like going to the gym once or twice a week, if your schedule permits or getting some type of physical you know, activity, exercise uh, once, once or twice a week, then how could you possibly expect to have a lifelong commitment with me? Whoop! That one hit me.
it is really simple. If we got commitment issues and doing simple things like eating at home, saving some money, if you got problems with saving money, that's a commitment issue. If you got problems with having to eat out every day, that's a commitment issue. If you got if you can't go and, you know, give yourself some exercise once or twice a week, that's an issue. If you can't commit to those things that are little and easy to do about your, that, that has to do with your own self and making sure that you're healthy and that you're doing what you need to do to live a long and healthy life. How can you expect to have a life long commitment that means every single day when you don't want to do it when you do want to do it when you happy when you're sad when you're depressed when you're going through baby that's every day that you're seeking after God and praying to God and yearning after God and getting in his word if you can't commit to the simple why do we expect that we will be able to commit lifelong to God then he sent me to Proverbs 16, 3, which reads, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. He also led me to Psalms 37, and I'm going to read this entire chapter. It says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the, the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make you a righteous he will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while... And the wicked will be no more. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy to slay those whose ways are upright, but their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty, but the wicked will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed. They will go up in smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generous, generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him, though he may stumble. He will not fall. Thank you, Jesus, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken 
or the children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom and their tongues speak what is just. The law of their God is in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. The wicked lie and wait for the righteous intent on putting them to death. But the Lord will not let them in the power of the wicked or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Mm. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant, luxuriant native tree, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. And I just read to y'all Psalms 37, 1 through 40. And that was the NIV version. Powerful powerful it literally is a story depicting that we see the wrong that is continuously done in the world that is amplified now more than ever today with society and social media a lot of people and I am going to say y'all in the sense of because I don't do this and I've never done this a lot of people put celebrities on pedestals Beyonce is one of them that a lot of people you say something about her people are ready to literally trying to fight you about this woman that don't even know them and ha and they have this God complex around her but it's been stated on multiple occasions people saying that she practices witchcraft that her sister practices witchcraft and that's in the bible that is wrong and not to do it and you're gonna go to hell for doing it but my thing is I don't understand let's let's just act like a lot of people that just want to believe that it's not real, that they are not even performing witchcraft. Why do y'all have these God complexes around these celebrities that cannot do anything for you? They can't save your soul. These people are not God. They don't wake you up every day. They don't, they don't, when you breathe that they don't do that. God created our bodies to be able to function and breathe on their own no Beyonce, no Doja Cat, no, none of them can do that for you. They're not God. So I don't, I don't understand why people idolize these celebrities. That's their business. But the Bible also says that we, we serve a jealous God and you cannot serve two masters at the same time. So I would be repenting if I was you, but, um, yeah, I don't be understanding how y'all be idolizing these regular common folk that pee, poop, bleed just like you do. And like I said, back to Psalms 37, the wicked will fall. And yes, they may be up while we're in this realm and while we're in this, this right here that we can see this physical, but that spiritual and when you die and where your soul is going to go, 
Baby, none of them people are inheriting the kingdom. And they doing wrong here on earth. And that goes for Trump treating people how he treat people. Racist people treating people how they treat people. Pedophiles, rapists, murderers, you name it. The every, every cop that has killed a black person and got away with it. God has the ultimate and final say. You will answer for every single thing you do while on this earth, good or bad to people. And when, and I just pray that as many people that can get to heaven gets to heaven. But I know that it's not reality because some people won't believe it. Some people don't want to believe in God. And I don't know how people go through life and not believe in something. Because if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. And I seen, oh, I'm going to link this in the description as well. It was a holiness or hell sermon preached by Sharon I don't remember her last name. It starts with the E and it was in 2002 and I watched it. A powerful message, a powerful example of life and how we have to keep pushing forward and striving and getting strength in the Lord. So please make sure y'all watch that and, and comment and tell me what you thought about it. But all of that to say, we, we want to get to heaven. You, you want to get to heaven. And so you have to live right. You have to do right. You have to attempt and try and seek God. And Psalms 37, the fourth, the, sorry, the 24th chapter said, even though that we made the <laughs> Psalms 37 chapter 24 verse said that even though we may stumble, God, we will not fall and God will uphold us. And it's not to say that God knows that we're, God knows we're not perfect. We're, we're never going to be perfect. Jesus was the only person that came down to earth and God made himself man, became Jesus, came to earth and lived this, lived on this horrible place and died for our sins. Was, was the only person that was ever perfect. So he knows we will never be perfect, but he wants us to try. We have to try. You got to try. Literally like that. And I can't think of like the saying right now, but it's like, if you never start with the day one, you'll never get to day 200. You have to try. It starts with the first step of moving forward and saying, Hey, I'm gonna do this today. And if you end up not doing it consistently, at least coming back to it and saying, Hey, I'm gonna pick up again and keep trying. You keep trying. Nobody said the walk with God was going to be easy. But you got to do it because where do you want your soul to go when you die? Where do you want your soul to go to be constantly thrown into a fire with new skin and new flesh added on to keep burning and searing and, and just a horrible feeling and dying over and over and over and over again, screaming down there with demons, down there with witches, down there with these famous people that y'all love to idolize? Or do you want to be in heaven, inheriting the kingdom where we're all supposed to be singing and happy and around God and surrounded by love and peace and more than enough? Okay. Like my last episode said, when you get to heaven, you're experiencing and taking on more than enough. You've entered into a realm of more than enough. 
where everything there is just just right, just perfect, exactly what it's supposed to be. So that's my question to you today. Where do you want your soul to go? Where do you want it to go? And I think I'm going to end it with this last scripture that God had led me to. This was good. It's second, se- sorry, <laughs> second Chronicles 16, nine, it says for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those who hearts are fully committed to him. You have to be committed. Your heart has to be in it. God knows when we come into him just playing and he knows when we being serious. My best friend literally just put out a podcast the other day saying, keep it a book. God knows everything about us, the way we think, speak, what we do, like he knows it all already. So when you come to him and you you come in just for because you need help with something, he knows that he knows everything. So keep it a book. Come to him with an open and honest heart. Come to him humbled, humble thyself, because I also wanted to state God does not need you. He does not need us. Who are we to God? He don't need us. If you don't want to be used, if you don't want to live right, somebody else will step in your place and do it. So don't ever feel like God needs you. You need God. And that even goes to even more to say that God doesn't have to wake you up in the morning. We expect to get up. We tell people all the time, oh, I'll talk to you later. And we say that. With the expectation that we will be able to talk to them later. But you're not God. Anything could happen to you. And I'm not saying live life and be fearful. Because I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying don't ever get too big headed. To where you think that God needs you. And if you are a person that's like me. That does watch a whole bunch of quote unquote conspiracy theory videos. Which I don't feel like are conspiracies at all. Because it all does make sense. And if people keep saying the same thing over and over, it is real. And somebody not lying. Cloning is real. Witchcraft is real. People going to witches and, and getting blessed and having money and sacrificing their family members is real. Whether you want to, you know, not not believe it or not, that's not my business. But I, I've um, left the stage of being ignorant and just acting like secular music and things that we see and things that we hear don't affect us subconsciously because they do so if you want to to be on that low frequency of just staying ignorant then you do that but i'll watch a lot of videos on youtube that are free for anybody to access that educate the masses and people still they'll get shown something blatantly like with doja cat and then try to sit over here and say oh it's the artistry baby dressing up as demons is artistry Absolutely not. I'm not playing like I'm a demon. <laughs> what? Like at, at what at what rate do y'all not understand that it's a spiritual war? <laughs> God wants your soul and the devil wants your soul. So the more y'all keep tolerating and saying, oh, this is just artistry, or oh, this is just it's okay. This music is okay. And da 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 da. It's studies that have been shown that people that are constantly listening to peaceful music act peacefully and those that constantly listen to drill rap will literally want to fight and be aggressive so if you don't think the things that we see eat taste smell all of that don't affect us in some type of way you got another thing coming (laughs) 
But all of this is just to say, get right with the Lord. Repent. We are, none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. Repent and deny your flesh daily. Do it daily. And just be encouraged with Psalms 37, 1 through 40, that God got us. And if you are continuously and wholeheartedly seeking God, then he knows and it'll show in your life. It'll reflect in your life and the wicked will fall. They are going to fall when the end comes. They will not inherit the kingdom. And I want all of my brothers and sisters to be on the right side. So, yeah, that's that. All right. I'm about to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask that you will open up people's hearts to be receptive to everything I've said. Let them know that I am not judging by any means. I am not God. And I, too, have my own things I have to work on. I deny my flesh, oh God, right now. I ask that you strip me of anything that is not like you, oh God. I ask you to cover me, oh God. Cover anybody that's in my family, my friends, their extended family and friends, God, even my enemies. Anybody that is attached to me or has been attached to me since I was in my mother's womb up until now. God, I ask that you cover them all. Cover them all from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Keep them walking in your ways. Keep them in a perfect posture. Keep them, make them slow to anger. God, make them be more like you. Allow us to be a reflection of who you are. God, increase you and decrease us. We ask that your spirit just fills us up and that we are more at peace in our life. That we know how to navigate through situations that may come up. And we stop and actually think, how would God want me to handle this. God, we ask that you will just show up in our lives, do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. God, I know when I think big, you say bigger. God, I thank you right now for being a merciful God. I thank you right now for being an honorable God. I thank you right now for being a father, a friend, a a lover. God, you love me like nobody else can. You love me unconditionally. You love me with my skeletons in a closet. You love me knowing the most secretive things I've never spoken out my mouth. And for that, I say thank you. I know I'm not worthy of your blessings, but I say thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you, you're going to do, and what's taking place right now. God, I honor you. I humble myself before you and say, you're real. I know you're real. I've seen your miracles. I've seen your favor. I've seen your blessings. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. We lift you up with the highest praise of hallelujah. And we just ask that you will continue to allow us to fight the good fight. In Jesus name. Amen. Bye.